16 um I went a bit mental and moved out and went crazy for a year drank and um got fat at, at shit um and then like I think it was just less than a year and I thought wow what am I doing with myself I'd go on Facebook and see all the Thai boxing community everyone's fighting everyone's looking fit and I just thought I need to get back into it what am I doing this is no fun I've had my fun now and it ain't that fun I'm not missing out and I think I kind of needed that to realize that for myself um and luckily enough um I came back and uh came back even stronger really and then yeah went on to do the Amy Perney fight and and smash that and smash the rest of my career but I think growing up um having I don't I wouldn't call it pressure but it was kind of the norm to be fighting every week and running every week and training all the time um that it kind of it was difficult and I think I needed that year off and that was Iman Barlow I had to uh, learn how to say her name and that, that's my bad so you didn't hear that but you know I had to learn how to say her name and uh in interviewing her I looked behind her and all you can see all of belts just championship belts from literally all over the world this girl started fighting at four years old she had her first fight in thailand when she was eight she went on vacation from school to have a fight in thailand at eight years old that's crazy so speaking with her we got into a lot we got into her personal life we got into her professional life her career her come up, her parents, basically everything that you need to know is going to be in this conversation. So please stick around, have fun, and enjoy your time, and please enjoy Iman Barlow. All right, everybody. So today we have a special guest. We have Iman Barlow. Uh, should need zero introduction. Um, pretty popular in the world of Muay Thai but uh for those of you that aren't aware I will go ahead and uh kind of let you introduce yourself just a little bit um you got about 4,000 titles back there so your resume is pretty long so I'm trying to keep it under an hour and a half or whatever but uh yeah if you don't mind just kind of doing a little brief intro yeah that's fine so uh my name's Iman Barlow my fight name is The Pretty Killer um I'm from Melton Mowbray England um I am 29 years old and I've been fighting since I was four years old. Uh, I had my first professional fight when I was 12, no shin pads. Um, I had my first fight in Thailand when I was eight um, and I've had over a hundred junior fights. Um, I'm 120 professional fights now with five losses and three draws. Um, I own multiple world titles um i fight well i did fight kickboxing k1 um muay thai a bit of everything now i'm solely trying to concentrate on muay thai um i had my debut on one championships uh last month no two months ago now um that was a success uh round one stoppage and yeah, I think that's some meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's insane just kind of uh going through uh like just the list of your accomplishments is extremely long and I was actually turned on to you by 
um one of my one of my fighters at the gym jade uh, you actually followed her on instagram um, yeah but yeah she's there you're a huge hit when it comes to especially female muay thai um i know like a few of the girls at the gym found out that we were having this conversation and they mm-hmm. wanted to send some love your way um oh that's but, wicked so 120 fights that's a that's a shit ton of fights in the world of muay thai it doesn't seem like it's absorbing it you know it's not a horrible weight number um but 120 Mm. fights is an extreme amount of fights you said you started at four your first fight was eight and was that shin pads when you were eight well no my first fight was when i was four uh my first fight in thailand was when i was eight so when did you start training like when i was four Okay, can you mind just kind of like walking us through your whole, like kind of yeah, how yeah. the whole culmination started? Yeah, so basically, uh, my dad is my trainer. Um, my mom used to fight when I was younger. She was British champion. Um, and my brother also fights. He's a little bit younger. So when I started training, he was kind of just born. So the my dad owns um, Assassin's Muay Thai, um, which is in Melton Mowbray where we live. And now we've got a gym basically in my garden people don't believe me but literally this is my bedroom and let me see if I can turn my camera around oh it's a bit dark now hang on open a window but my gym is literally there in the garden oh that's awesome I can see it out of my back window yeah so that's where kind of everyone comes to train um I have no excuses on uh like some pictures from your Instagram is that the gym yeah Oh, yeah, nice. that'll be yeah. So it's not massive. Um, I think sometimes, like in a fighters class, we fit like 12, 15, 14 of us. Um, and it's a bit cramped, and we're all fighting for space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like instead of getting a babysitter, my mum and dad, um, my dad would be teaching, my mum would be training and teaching, and I'd just kind of sit in the classes when I was young, and I just kind of started joining in really without without you know having to join in the sessions like I was there in the corner with my toys and I'd just kind of join in with the adults and um all the adults would mess about me and hold pads and it, it just kind of started from there really um in in England we do things called interclubs so as a child I did so many interclubs um more than one one a day sometimes we'd travel the the UK every weekend doing kind of different competitions like that so that's like shin pads body shield um, obviously no head contact so it's just kind of like a spa with someone that you don't know but that's the kind of thing I did when I was younger which kind of got me so much experience before my time kind of thing and and, and probably is what benefits me now yeah it seems like you don't even do you have a, a memory of no fighting yeah. <laughs> no literally no people always say like you know what did you think when you were first fighting and um and it, it's just it's just difficult it just kind of became second nature just like you don't even think about walking you know it just kind of happened and now it's it's quite nice that it's developed into something beautiful as an adult yeah for sure it's uh it's crazy to think of taking that walk 120 times you know, I mean, for like most people doing it once is never going to happen. And it's something completely insane. You've done it over 120 yeah. times. It's It's got to be second nature to you at this point. Do you get butterflies at any point anymore? Or is it just kind yeah. of, you know, you're clocking in for work? 
yeah, it's a little bit like clocking in for work. Obviously, uh, I'm not a massive, like I don't get like nerves that I don't know how to cope with. I think that's another thing, kind of the experience has given me that it is sec second nature. You know, I know where I should be at what point during a fight camp. Uh, you know, I've got, I'm on point with my weight these days. Like it's just like so easy, um, but it took a while to kind of get there. And it's just like the experience is, um, yeah, it's done it done me like no end of good. Um, and I wouldn't say I never get nervous. Sometimes I get to a point where I start getting ready for a fight, like warming up, and I think, bloody hell, I wish this was over with now. I just need it to be over with. But, um, you know, it kind of, I've been through that kind of, the phases yeah. that lead up to a fight so many times that yeah it, it is second nature and it uh it gives me one up on everyone sometimes so yeah it's good did you have like a uh a defining fight that would kind of like to start your you know like the like i guess you know like your pro career um i guess mm -hmm. you know, as we would kind of call it um yeah. yeah do you have like how kind of walk us through the process of that i mean you're going through a lot of obviously a lot of fights but this is a big yeah one. I think I kind of had two so I was mainly uh fighting on my dad's shows but fighting like so local so not many people in the Thai boxing community seen me a lot um at a young age and I think I was about 17 and I fought on Ryan Rudkin's show um against Amy Purney and it was down in London so it's like two hours from me um and I stopped Amy Purney in the second round. And then from there, a kind of family Thai boxing friend, Steve Semtex, seen me and thought, I've got to have her on my show. I want her on my show. And that was at the O2 in London, which is now like quite an iconic event. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing venue to fight at as well. Um, and then it kind of started from there. So uh, uh, two months later, I was fighting on his show. Um, it ended up being for the Infusion uh, world title. Um, I fought Alexis Rufus, so she was UK number one at the time. So I fought her when I was seventeen or eighteen. So that was the kind of um, like a kind of good moment for me, beating UK number one at that age, and then becoming Infusion World Champion. And then from there, I um, I defended my belt eight eight or nine times, and I was their champion for eight years in a row um from i don't know if it was 2012 in london um up to 2020 uh was it just before the pandemic but yeah i had some really good times with infusion they looked after me um so well and it was it was a great time it was more kickboxing than muay thai um but that they were good to me and they tried to get me fighting as regular as possible so yeah it was really good and obviously I get to travel the world with my fighting as well I've been to so many places that that's another aspect of it that is just uh so amazing yeah I feel like we kind of glossed over that you had your first Muay Thai fight in Thailand when you were eight years yeah. old how, yeah how that kind of come apart? that wasn't planned so basically when when I was eight uh, my dad took me and my brother to Thailand so my brother was only four at the time and in England in the summer while you're at school you get six weeks off so we used to spend all the whole six weeks holiday in Thailand um so this was our first time going 
we'd have like we'd train every day but you know do holiday things and family things as well um we trained at jitty gym and we trained there for many many years and uh he was like my my dad's kind of coach over there and he'd been going to him for years and then has took his family over there and just things were going well and towards the end of the holiday jitty just asked if i if i wanted to fight and yeah, my dad asked me, he's like, well, I'm not sure. Like, I'll ask a man, because obviously for, for them as adults, it was a massive thing fighting in Thailand. And yeah. for me as a kid, like, I, I didn't know the difference. Like, a fight? Yeah. Like, I do that all the time at home. Yeah, I'll fight. Um, and I actually ended up fighting a boy in Thailand, which is a little bit unheard of. Um, we did have shin pads on for that fight, because um, I was only eight years old. And, yeah, yeah it went well. It was a draw. Um I remember like a lot of people like there was a foreign girl over there and I remember a lot of people staring and pointing and laughing because I was a girl about to fight like the northern champion of Thailand who was a boy um, and I just remember like you know my dad kind of said they're all laughing at you because you're a girl because you're a girl so I just went for it yeah and and got a good result yeah it's you've kind of always had this thing like just kind of like an extra step against your opponents. It, have you, is there anything extra that you use for fuel? Like kind of growing, like you've grew up in the gym and so it's yeah. inherently in you, but are you drawing fuel from any outside source to, I mean like getting called a girl, you know, or getting made fun of or anything like that? Yeah, uh, no, not really. I think um, I'm one of them people that just kind of take things in my stride. I think Muay Thai has kind of taught me that a lot. Mm. Um, I am kind of, people always meet me and don't understand how I do what I do in the ring, especially like my friends. They're just like so, like, can't believe the kind of difference and the people I work with, like, they think it's crazy. But I think that's the beauty of Muay Thai. Like, when I'm fighting, I don't think, oh, I really want to hurt this person you know not at all that's not what goes through my mind and I think it's kind of embracing the art of eight limbs and I, I yeah. see it as that and you know yeah yeah you got to think it's a little weird for most children to you know come back from holiday and <laughs> your friends come up and see you and you came back from Thailand and had a fight you know so as they may have went to like an amusement park or anything was going like going yeah that's cool like is that been different that was literally <sighs> what happened at school we'd all come back in September and everyone say oh they've been to Skeggy which is like the local beach and they went camping and I'm like oh I went to Thailand like I literally just thought it was normal and it's not until I I kind of grew up and I realized like how lucky I was and how that has shaped me and you know you know seeing things over there at, at that kind of age it was a, a different world in a different country um so yeah it, it was mental and um I'm very grateful for the opportunity and I think it's been great yeah, now yeah. now if I have to go I have to pay for myself because I'm 29 and it's so expensive <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. yeah everything is especially after the pandemic everything got uh, extremely expensive just like overnight it's insane yeah <laughs> oh excuse me so you're going through school and this is just becoming your normalcy and now you're 17 or 18 years old and you win your first world title or that that's your first i'm assuming 
No. No? Okay. I okay. Work. So how do you, what is that like walking through the halls of your school as a world champion? Yeah, I, I, well, I wouldn't say I got teased a lot, but everyone was like, oh, that's good, the karate, the karate girl. They always got it wrong. And, oh, she thinks she's hard. And I, just because I was quite quiet at school, I, I just did really? what I needed to do and got on with myself. Yeah, people, I think, were a little bit jealous. Um, I was always a really good runner as well. Um, and about, I think I was about eight or nine years old, I started up running as well because I think my tie boxing complemented my running and my running complemented my tie boxing. So I did kind of, um, we call it here like cross country. So it's like yeah. longer distance over like fields and in the mud and stuff. Yes. And I kind of ran my first race and did really well. And then that just started from there as well. So if I wasn't running a race for my school at the weekend, I was, I was tie boxing. Um, and I used to win like at county level. So like the whole area, um, every year until I was about 14 um, and I had like a bit of a back problem um, and that kind of that kind of it didn't stop me from running but it was painful um, and I kind of think my tie boxing was getting a bit more serious as well so it was kind of hard to do both yeah do you feel like having like a bigger spotlight on you um, kind of prevented you from having a larger social circle or did it kind of enhance your social network? Um, it's different. It's difficult because I kind of have a lot of different like set of friends. I have my set of friends kind of from school. Um, and obviously growing up, yeah, I, I didn't go out a lot. I didn't go to all the parties. I didn't go to all the sleepovers um, that normal kids go to. And I think growing up, that was like a bit a bit difficult and hard to understand because that training always come first, even at like such a young age. Um, when I was 16, um, I went a bit mental and moved out and went crazy for a year, drank and um, got fat at, at shit. Um, and then like, I think it was just less than a year and I thought, wow, what am I doing with myself? I'd go on Facebook and see all the Thai boxing community. Everyone's fighting, everyone's looking fit. And I just thought, I need to get back into it what am I doing this is no fun I've had my fun now and it ain't that fun I'm not missing out and I think I kind of needed that to realize that for myself um, and luckily enough um, I came back and uh, came back even stronger really and then yeah I went on to do the Amy Perney fight and, and smash that and smash the rest of my career but I think growing up um having I don't I wouldn't call it pressure but it was kind of the norm to be fighting every week and running every week and training all the time and um, that it kind of it was difficult and I think I needed that year off to realize that I'm doing it for myself yeah yeah you said something earlier that that struck something with me to where you said you're I remember like you're grateful to kind of or lucky you know to kind of have um the life that you have growing up um I'd like to think that the biggest thing that you've gotten is the martial arts in the beginning. Um, it's, it's crazy to me how much martial arts can actually change a person, um, can help people out. For me specifically, I know my listeners know, um, I currently have like this cancerous condition and it made it so I was supposed to be in a wheelchair 
um, or wow. like not really walking. So I have like this extreme fibromyalgic condition and yeah. I called up um, a gym essentially to make it short and was like, I need to do something. Cause I was just into heavy weightlifting and you know, like the meathead stuff that doesn't do anything. It just makes you look cool. Um, <laughs> and showed up the next day, talked to the coach and I ended up, I was, and I went to high school with him. And so we had a rapport a little bit and started jujitsu. And from there, it kind of like transitioned into Muay Thai. And it's the thing that's kept me going, you know, and it's made me healthier now than I was even then. But aside from any physical things, the biggest thing I've noticed is kind of the mental, you know, like the life lessons that you learn in Muay Thai. And like, we have a sign right by, like you walk in the lobby and then there's the room where all the mats are and everything. And it's leave your ego and shoes off the mats, you know, (laughs) and I feel like every gym has that, but it's very true. And those are like huge life lessons. And you got to learn those very early, kind of giving you a head start on like the game of life essentially, you know. How has that kind of carried you throughout your career? You know, you've only had five losses, so you yeah. <laughs> you've had hardly any. But is that kind of like with? Yeah, I guess I don't really know where I wanted to go with that. So there's just so much to kind of unpack there. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's helped you out in more than just fighting? I guess. Yeah, of course. I think it's again difficult to say because I started at such a young age. It's it's difficult to say where I would have gone in life without it but it's uh, shaped me into the person I am today like I can't imagine myself without it you know it's a kind of uh, love-hate relationship you know sometimes I love doing it in the glory days and then sometimes at six in the morning I fucking hate it and why do I do this and you know even a lot of people message me I don't know how you are so motivated I don't know how you get up and to run at that time of the morning before work and I'm like yeah neither do I but it's got to be done like and I think it's kind of I'm like setting a routine where things have to be done and you you're kind of used to it but it's also important not to get too much into the routine you know um, and change things up every now and then and uh, just um, and have an open mind you know I'm not always right even though I've been doing it for so long there's always so much more to learn and things are always developing um in every aspect of life um so yeah taking on new things and but yeah it's definitely shaped who I am um and it's crazy really I mean like people would never meet me and understand and put my you know like me in the in the ring as the same person and it's um it's quite interesting when you when you look at it like that and you know if you tell people like oh well it's not usually me that would tell people it's my friends or whoever I'm with like oh she's a tie boxer she's world champion you know and I'm just there all shy like ah, oh, like not really wanting to talk about it and then then people kind of google it and and see a few fights and they're like wow like she is a tie boxer like yeah. they understand it a bit more yeah you googled your name it's kind of impossible <laughs> to not find out who you are your name's all yeah. over the place it's it's uh, i had a question to where <clears throat> um you've been fighting for so long 
that do you said you don't really know where you'd be without it have you thought about what you're doing like after your fighting career and how much longer do you have like do you yeah are you kind of like ever third person yourself to see kind of like where you're at in your <laughs> career currently yeah I think it's really difficult like I've been doing it such a long time and I'm kind of like just when I'm at, I think I'm at the pinnacle, then something else comes along and that's amazing. And I'm just kind of enjoying the ride at the moment. But, you know, I'd like to, I definitely want to stop fighting before I kind of not go downhill, but do you know what I mean? I want to finish yeah. at the top. Um, it's hard to put a time frame on it, but um, I don't know, me being a woman, I'd like to start a family at some point, not like anytime soon, but that that's in the future as well. And, I think it's just hard to kind of plan plan everything um, to the way you want it and kind of just, just roll with it. Um, as for like Muay Thai after I retire, obviously I want to be involved, but I don't kind of know how as much yet because at the, at the moment I work full time um, and I train full time. So I don't have much time for absolutely anything else. So for me to say, oh, yeah, I want to go into teaching or anything like that is difficult because I can't kind of figure out all the times. Um, and where I live, it wouldn't be somewhere where I could do like PTs or anything like that because it's it's quite a quiet kind of town and um, people are not around like all hours of the day. It's usually just in the evenings and that's when we have classes. So like there's certain things that I've thought about and certain things I'm like, oh, we'll just see how it goes kind of thing. So, yeah. Have you, I know this is kind of like out there, but have you thought about switching sports? I know there's a big crossover into like MMA. It seems like, you know, everybody does it. Yeah. Um, have you thought about doing anything else, even even if it's not MMA, but getting into like boogie boarding or, you know, like yeah. another professional spot? I don't know why boogie yeah. That's ridiculous. But <laughs> have you thought about like just doing act, like trying to achieve other athletic pursuits? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's difficult. I think until you kind of make that decision and come away from it a bit, it's difficult to know what you want to do because yeah. I commit so much time. It, I can't see anything else at the moment, but I know a lot of women that I follow um, have gone into like things like CrossFit when they retire yeah. um, and, and do competitions like that. I mean, at the minute I'm lifting like weights, but literally like P weights, it's disgusting. But um, I, I don't know. It's not that I, could, I don't enjoy lifting weights, but I'm not sure. But the, the problem I have is that if I do anything apart from Muay Thai, I get injured. Like if I'm, I went indoor skydiving once, like pulled a muscle here in my chest. Worst thing ever. Like I couldn't even shut the car door. I went, um, is it called like paddle boarding? Yeah, just for a bit of fun injured myself hurt my <laughs> hurt my hands like it's ridiculous so sometimes like I want to do activities like in a fight camp um you know it's difficult to kind of you don't want to go out to eat every weekend and things like that so I try and do different things but you've got to mm. like I I want to go rollerblading like just for a bit of fun like a bit of a roller disco but I don't dare go until I'm not in a proper fight camp like because I will end up injuring myself what do so, you yeah. look like if you, I mean, you, it seems like with 120 fights, you're always in camp. Yeah. Well, um, I think most of them fights 
I had like uh, 10 fights once in a year. That was a crazy year. Um, but I think now it's calmed down a bit. It's I'll be lucky if I get three to four fights at the moment, the way we're going um, a year, especially after the pandemic. But things are starting to pick up a bit now. So it's kind of hard and difficult to kind of see where I'm at. So at the moment, um, it's usually like a six to eight week camp um but i'll always be in training so at the moment i'm not actually in in a fight camp as of yet i'm like approaching one mm -hmm. um but since i've been back from my uh one championships in like mid-march i think i had uh one week off came back for a few few lessons i went on holiday for a week um and then i've just been training like with the lads because getting them ready for their fights um, and I've always kind of grown up with, like, you don't miss a session, whether you're fighting or not, unless you've got something planned, you know, in a fight camp, this is where, uh, not in a fight camp is where I can go to a concert if I wanted to or whatever. But um, apart from that, if you've not got anything planned, really, you should be at training. And that's where you kind of get your base level of fitness. Mm -hmm. And then in camp, you'll kind of work on that. And I think... Um, I think that's quite important. I think a lot of people are absent from the gym after a fight. And I think that's fine to have a break and, and recharge, but like you do need to be getting there, you know, a couple of weeks after and, and getting back into a routine. I think a routine is uh, so important, sometimes tiring and tedious, but it, it, it is important. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I actually had um, Tan Lee. He was on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking oh, yeah. about one and how it was in Singapore. And I forgot to ask him. So if you don't mind, I'll ask you, what is it like in that arena? Because on screen, it's yeah. pitch black. You can't yeah. tell if there's people in there or if it's just, you know, a smaller gym. It's it's almost impossible to tell. Yeah. What's the it's, feel like in there? It's pretty big. Um, I mean, do you know what? Looking back, I can't remember, but I went there for the, like, the, the weigh-in the day before and i remember thinking wow this is big but i don't really remember like seeing seats out or stuff but um when i thought it was a closed event um i know they've done a few um open to the public with a, a certain amount of tickets um since but yeah when i thought it was a closed event and mm, i think okay. i suppose like it was a big kind of arena um, but I suppose they kind of do that for the camera and, and close it off and just focus on the cage. But I just remember it being so quiet. Um, but it wasn't odd. It, it, I don't know, it's a bit weird. It wasn't odd that it was so quiet because you could hear like every shot and the and the power. And I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was very quiet. Yeah, it looks weird. But it's also I've heard from some guys that have fought in the uh, the Apex over here in Vegas that being able to hear your corner and you can hear the other corner is yeah. it's useful because it's like just another tool you know that you get yeah. that you didn't really expect to have so it's yeah kind of cool to actually have that yeah i think with um my fights like my dad is always in my corner and even if he's speaking at this kind of level or shouting either way i can hear what he's saying he's like my my little devil on my shoulder or should i say my angel yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what works well in my fights as well. And if you actually watch the one championship fight back, I, I noticed as soon as um, 
as soon, just before I did the elbow, my dad says, look for the downward elbow, man. And I heard it. And then like two seconds later, boom, it landed. It's like, it's, uh, it's like magic. <laughs> yeah. I know. I saw that. And there was another elbow that it reminded me of from another UK guy. Um, he's in one. John Haggerty. Uh, Haggerty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good with his elbows. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are insane. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I didn't plan it. I didn't train it. Like, well, we like drill it in pub working with everything else, but I don't know. It's like not a, I, went, I think I went so many fights in, in kind of kickboxing that I'm just getting used to properly using my elbows again. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's obviously working and it's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, obviously working. Definitely keep that one for yeah. your next fight for sure. So, all right. Well, I uh, I know I didn't plan on keeping you on here forever, so I'm going to get you out of here pretty soon. Um, do you have a fight coming up? You said that you were about to be in camp. Yeah. Does that mean you have something coming up? Yeah, I'm actually coming to America. Oh, nice. <laughs> Where at? Yeah, uh, Alabama. I'm going to the World Games in July. Oh, okay. How yeah. Have you been here? Have you like uh, yeah. here? Yeah. Um, I've fought in Vegas once. I've fought in Connecticut, and I have done a seminar in Philadelphia. And yeah, Vegas was my favorite trip. Obviously, yeah. um, just seeing everything that you see on telly and going down the strip all the time. Um, and Philadelphia was amazing. I stayed with um stayed at eight limbs um and with charlie and kate they brought me and my dad over and it was uh the friendliest gym ever um and we had like 50 people in a seminar one day and 50 in another um so that was kind of a, a cool experience to come like travel all the way across the world to do a seminar and have that many people it was nice yeah those seminars i've been to one and it's not what I thought it would, was going to be. It's more of like a family event. It's very yeah. respectful and it's like a get together kind of like a family reunion almost of sorts. It's, that's yeah. kind of like the feel that I got when I went. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, Iman, we can go ahead and get you out of here. Um, Thank you. You have you. Oh, my God. My brain. You ever get like <laughs> the end of the day to where your brain just shuts off. You don't know what to say, but you know you have to keep talking. Yeah, I get that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happening. Um, <laughs> all right, so you're coming over here for your fight coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you let everybody know where they can kind of find you online um, for everybody that isn't already following you? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Pretty Killer Barlow. Best place to catch me is on Instagram. It's at Pretty Killer 3. Um, and that's kind of the only social media I use. I do have Twitter, but I don't know. I don't know how to use it. And I'd love to have TikTok, but I've not got the time to to get frustrated with dances. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I'm at. And yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing dances or anything. And like, but you can download the app, and there are some cool Muay Thai videos to watch, like that it's other a, people put together. Um, yeah, the dancing is ridiculous, but there's cool like little instructionals and combos and stuff that. Yeah, I need to get into that more. I just feel like after training, I'm like, oh, can't be bothered. Like, I just want to come in for a shower. It's so bad, but I need to get into doing things like that more. That but I don't know how to do it, do like, edit your, anything. Yeah, that could be something you do after your fighting yeah. careers, like actually film yeah. instructionals. Could so be. I feel like no one would care who I am after I've retired. 
what that's how, no all right turn around how many belts do you have on the wall bro you can't yeah, be like cool. no one's gonna care who you are you have more belts on your wall than you do paint and you're trying to say no one's gonna want to <laughs> learn from you <laughs> no that's not true so all right well iman i can go ahead and get you out of here um yeah. sincerely thank you for coming on i appreciate the time i've had fun and no uh, good luck in your fight coming up over here yeah. in Alabama. So. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, thank you. See you. And there we go. Another conversation. This one with a world champion, Iman Barlow. Had a great time talking to you. So thank you for coming on, Iman. I do want to go ahead and thank the show's sponsors, The Fight Nutritionist. Hit him up on Instagram. If you have a fight coming up, just make sure that you hit him up before your fight camp. So that way I, because I am him, do not have to come in two weeks and make sure that you cut 30 pounds because I don't want to do that. Again, also hit up Apex Therapeutic Massage for any sports related injury. And even if you just want a nice relaxing massage and you're in the Ann Arbor area, Ipsy area, or even lower Michigan, the mechanic will come to you. Thank you again to the listeners, to the supporters on Patreon, and the people that donate. I genuinely appreciate that. All of it's going back into the show. The show is for you. This show is for me to learn and have fun with. So I'm not trying to make anything off of this. I'm just trying to have fun and give you good quality content while I continue to get better. So with that, I am going to let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you for listening.